Welcome to The Thriving Life, where we help women navigate the world while wearing multiple hats. On this podcast, you'll be equipped with mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you lead your life, thrive, and have it all without sacrifice and burnout. I'm your hostess, Uma Oguta, and I'm here to make having it all less intimidating. So grab a seat, kick your shoes off, and let's talk. Hey, hey, thriving family. Welcome to another podcast episode. We may hear helping you with the mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you lead your life, thrive, and have it all without sacrifice and burnout. On today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about one of the downsides of self-improvement that no one really talks about, and you'll know why in a bit. Uh, We're talking about romanticizing self-awareness and just feeling stuck And I know that if you've been on this self-development, self-improvement, whatever you want to call it, path for a while now, and wondering why you can't seem to take action, you're going to know why today this podcast is going to help you understand exactly what's going on and how you can get out of it so that you can really just start moving in a more positive direction in your life. Before we dive into the podcast episode, though, I want to share that I'm sitting in my car recording this episode our hotel room's getting cleaned. I tried to book the boardroom to record my podcast, but there's like this weird humming sound that's just coming. I think it's from the vent. And right now, it's like an hour after check-in time, so people are coming and going, and we're right beside the airport. So lots of sounds happening, but the show must go on. I got lots to say, so let's dive in. Now, you've probably heard it many times. Maybe you've even said it yourself. I know I said it as a coach, that the first step to change is self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is just simply being able to observe your thoughts, emotions, and actions, and just weighing them against what's happening in your life, the results that you're creating, and where you want to go, and what you want to create. And I love this so much as a first step, because I think that true change really just stems from being able to assess how you've created your current reality, and then being able to decide what needs to be different in order for you to move forward, right? Like if you don't know what's wrong or what's not really working, what doesn't align, what needs to change, you can't really move forward. Sounds pretty simple, right? And I think that this is where so many of us get stuck. We really just get stuck and we feel like it's a problem. And for me, I think that getting stuck is such a pivotal moment for so many of us because What I see happen is that we've been taught to turn inward and start asking ourselves wrong questions. And I say wrong questions here because this often leads us down this path of, you know, stressing yourself out, maybe thinking that there's a problem with you, you don't know enough, and then we just eventually abandon the thing (laughs) that we really wanted to do. So we'll ask ourselves questions like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get it like everyone? How do I learn more? What should I do to get it done quickly? And on the surface, these sound like, oh yeah, there it makes sense that you would ask these kind of simple questions, right? But they really aren't because what happens is that we're using the same level of thinking that got you to where you are right now. And so when you do that, you're really just like standing in the same spot, maybe like digging your heels in the sand and you're like, why am I here? even though you know why you're there because you keep digging your heels in the sand. And I kind of think about when I was learning about computers back, I don't even know, the early days where we still had like dial-up and you could hear the sound. And I remember our computer teacher would always say garbage in, garbage out. 
And I think this is the same with us. Like when you ask yourself questions that focus on you being wrong and not good enough or not knowing enough, your brain is going to find solutions that are focused on fixing you with the belief that you're wrong or that you're not capable of learning or growing and that there's something wrong with you. But we all know that's not true because the mere fact that you've identified that there's a need to change tells me that you're smart you know how to problem solve and you're willing to do what it takes to solve the problem. And most of all, you really do want to change. And so the problem is not so much that you don't know. It's that you end up romanticizing the self-awareness. Let that sink in for a bit. You're not stuck because you don't know what to do or you don't have what it takes to create the life that you want. You're stuck because you've reached your self-image limit and you've settled to romanticizing self-awareness. Now, I know that that sounds like a lot, but I'm going to break it down for you and you're going to understand why. The one thing that comes with self-awareness for me, I think that no one really talks about is the realization that you've reached your self-image limit, right? For every one of us, for all the results that we're creating right now, we have a self-image. And the self-image is just how we see ourselves. And I really think about the move of like hot mess mom culture, where so many moms show up with messy buns, they don't take care of themselves, and they're drinking wine and just being like, ha 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 ha, this is my life, I'm a hot mess mom. And they wear it with pride. And then they wonder why they can't seem to get ahead. They wonder why things don't go well. They wonder why they feel like a hot mess all the time. But you literally just adopted the identity, the self-image of a hot mess mom. And I think that when you start to dream about stepping into a different level, you're going to be faced with shedding the parts of you that no longer belong so that you can create room for this new thing, for this new life that you're trying to create. And it can feel really scary and often uncomfortable for so many of us. And so we sit with indecision. We start to think about, oh, well, what would other people think about us? What's the change that I'm going to make? If I change, then I'm going to lose friends. I'm going to lose family. I'm going to lose relationships. Maybe I won't be the same. And we worry that we might fail. And these are all valid concerns, right? We're only human. Our brain will always try to help us figure out why we need to change because our brain wants us to feel safe but there's so many of us that miss it because we've not been asking the right questions and so instead of asking the right questions we stay in this space where we're kind of self-aware right i know i need to change i know something needs to change I just need to go learn more. And that's why we get into this romanticizing process where we think that we just need to get more information to help us know more. Almost like the knowing is what creates the change. But you're already smart. You already know how to figure things out. That's not the problem. And so even though feeling like getting more information feels like it's work, it is work. It's just not work that's moving you in the direction that you want to go. And the harder you try to push yourself based on this way of thinking, the more you're digging yourself into that hole. And then you kind of are stuck in the mud. You're spinning in one spot. You create a lot of heat and noise, but you really don't go anywhere. And the thing about change is that this transformation is not going to come at the end of of your knowledge gaining rainbow. 
It's going to come from your willingness to take messy, imperfect action while being an ally to your body. And I think that ally piece is so key for a lot of us, especially women. And I'll be the first to admit, like, I know this feeling too well because I too work a nine to five where I manage a team. And I just sometimes remember my first time in in a leadership position and how uncomfortable it was for me. I think I was probably in my mid-20s. And it was so hard to speak up and lead, first of all, because I was young compared to a lot of our team members. And secondly, I come from a culture where there is so much emphasis placed on respecting, almost to a default, or almost to a fault, respecting people who were older than you. And I really had to overcome a lot of that cultural conditioning. I'm much better now, but I will tell you there are days when it's just hard to say the thing that needs to be said without feeling like I'm mean or, you know, the B word that a lot of women get called, especially for me as a black woman, right? But I'm sure you get it. I remember I was just telling my husband the other day um, how funny it is that when I lead team projects, <laughs> sometimes people feel uncomfortable be- uncomfortable because they want me to tell them what to do rather than allowing themselves to show up in their expertise and take ownership of the work. And to me, I feel like this is a much more empowering approach because then you can learn about your strengths. You know how to leverage your own you know, skills and be able to do your work. You can speak to the value of what you're doing and the results that you're creating. And so I find it funny because when we go through this process, it's typically kind of, it feels like sandpaper at the beginning and then we kind of figure out our own ways of working together and these teams come back and they're like tell me how much they value my work and how much they love working with me and as a people pleaser they don't realize for me that it's not the easiest thing to do it's one of the reasons I ran away from leadership for the longest time because my inner people pleaser just couldn't handle it and back then like I would be like rash and really aggressive because I felt so scared and that's how I chose to respond that's how I responded even though that was not me and I'm gonna say I've done a lot of work to get here and I've gone from leading in that kind of authoritarian and taking power over others to a much more servant-led and empowering approach which I love and sometimes All it takes is you being challenged, right? Especially if you're a woman who works in a corporate environment or you have your own business where you have to show up and be a leader. Sometimes it can be hard and you want to show up there and try to make friends, but you're not at work to make friends. (laughs) I know it's hard to hear when I say this to people. They're like, what do you mean? You are not at work to make friends. And I'm like, I'm the first person who's up for a good team culture. But we still need to remember that there are boundaries, right? That will allow you to show up and lead like you need to. And you'll know this because many of you will struggle with leaving work at work, even when you're not actively working. So if this is you, you better come and get coached and let's clean that up for you so that you can create some really good work-life boundaries and you can get back your time so that you can spend it with your family Or do whatever you want and just have a life. Because life is not all about working. Trust me. I know. Anyway, before I run off on a tangent. You're not stuck because you don't know what to do. Or you don't have what it takes. You're stuck because you've reached your self-image limit. And so instead of romanticizing this self-awareness and trying to learn more and do more. 
choose to acknowledge the parts of you that may be a little scared to make the change that you desire, right? We always have this unrealistic expectation that once you desire to change, like, oh, everything's going to work out and you're just going to get it done. And that's not true. And so what do you do first? You really want to start with asking the appropriate questions like, what do I really want? If you were not afraid of what people will think about you, what people will say or do, what would you want? Another way that you can think about this is just ask yourself, if anything was possible, what would I want? And I know if you're like me, your brain is going to want to say, I don't know. And that's okay. There's no need to fight. You can allow your brain to entertain that. But then keep asking yourself this question. And it's completely normal to not know what you want because you haven't been taught to do this. And so it's a process of just gently starting somewhere. Maybe just starting with something as simple as picking what you're going to eat today. What do I want to eat? And see how comfortable you feel. What pair of shoes do I want to wear? What clothes do I want to wear? Start there and then start building your confidence in asking yourself what you want until you get even more confident in answering this on a bigger scale. And be gentle with yourself. Don't get frustrated. It's all okay. If you're needing help to make this decision, I offer a free sales call for people who are interested in working with me or they're just looking some some form of direction. The link will be in the show notes. You can come on the call. Let me know what's stressing you out. And then we can chat about a path that will help you move forward. And I'll also share what it's like to work with me one-on-one. And if we're a good fit, we can talk about working together. And so the next thing you want to do is just ask yourself, who do I have to be to create what I want, right? What do I want? What do I desire? And now who do I have to be to create that desire, And this question is really focused on challenging your current self-image. If you're wanting to be more organized, you will have to have the self-image of a woman who is organized for real. A woman who's not just toying around with what it feels like to be organized. If you want to be a woman who is calm, who is present, who is peaceful, then what will be required to change? Who do you have to be? And this leads me to my next question, which is all about asking yourself, what does that woman do that I am not doing right now? This is an important question. Be very frank with yourself. We're not having any sort of test here. This is just so you can get really clear on the difference, right? Because the change, again, remember, it's not that you don't know what to do. It's just that we feel stuck. And so when you really ask yourself, what is that woman doing that I'm not doing right now? It tells you the gap and then you can start to figure out the steps that you need to take. Then you can ask yourself, am I willing to do those things? Your answer could be yes. It could also be no. And guess what? Both answers are fine. The whole purpose of this, remember I said we're not having a test. The whole purpose is not to shame you, but to get you to realize the truth at that time and make a decision and take ownership of that decision intentionally. So for instance, if you want to be more organized and you realize that you're not just willing to decide where things go in your home, you really don't want to put the effort into that or just maybe based on your circumstance right now, it's not possible. So maybe you have like a bunch of little kids, you're taking care of an elderly parent 
or someone who is ill or you're just not interested in organizing, then you can be okay with that realization and decide, you know what? You can just decide, I would like to be organized, but maybe just not right now. Coming to this decision alone is enough to get you unstuck, right? Because now you know it's not that I don't want to be organized, but based on my circumstance, I don't think things can change and it's okay. I'm going to put this off for now or maybe just let it go. And for me, I think about when I was, I've been, well, I'm no longer, but I was trying to finish my master's for the past three years. And one of the things that I really just like put off to the side was cleaning my home, like doing a deep clean every week, because that used to be my thing. Like every weekend was a deep clean. I stopped doing that when I started my master's just because I didn't have the capacity to do that. And it wasn't a problem because I intentionally decided. Now, I had a hard time because my brain, I tend to have like OCD when things are not tidy. And I really had to coach myself and teach myself that it's not that I'm lazy or whatever my brain was telling me. It was because I intentionally decided that it was not a priority for me. And I also recognized most of my family members, they don't care. They're more of people who like organized chaos <laughs> versus me who likes things to be in a particular place. And I just had to make the decision that, you know what? I'm probably the only one who cared about this. And so what did I do? I either enlisted help or hired someone to do it or just didn't do it. And now that I'm done with my master's, I can go back to figuring, figuring out a schedule after we get back home, because I just finished my master's, I've been traveling, and then we got evacuated. So we're not home right now, but when we get back, then we're going to figure out what is a good schedule for us. And so you really want to think about how this thing that you want and who this woman that you want to be, what are the things that are in the way? And are you able to make decisions about those so that it takes off some of that stress from you? And this leads me to my next point, which is all about leveraging your networks. You want to know what you have that's available to you. You want to be able to ask for help. I cannot stress this enough. And I know it's hard because so many of us don't want it to look like we're lazy. We don't want it to look like we don't know what we're doing or we're not capable. But I'm going to tell you this. You don't know how much help you need until you're willing to allow yourself to be helped. And once you've had a taste of it, I bet you, you're not going to want to go back. I promise you. Now I know you're going to listen to this and you're still going to struggle because it feels amazing to tell yourself that you just need to know more. You just need to do more rather than do the challenging work of moving beyond your self-image limit. But if you're really wanting to make changes that are impactful, changes that are going to last, then you must put in the work. It's a gift that's going to keep on giving. So do the work. And if you're hearing this and it resonates with you, this is the work that I do with professional, with career women who are just done with trying to do it all. You love having a career. You love being able to contribute to something outside of your home and family because you want to make an impact in the world. But sometimes, you know, you struggle with that desire for professional success because it often feels like it's costing you your peace. It's costing you your well-being and presence with the people you love. And I'm here to tell you that you can have a successful career 
and life that you want, where you're able to think and feel and act in the way that you desire. And that starts now. And so if you're struggling, if you're not sure what to do, I would love to help you experience this desire that you have. The career, the motherhood, the life experience with less stress, with more peace, with zero burnout. So to get started, send an email to hello at oliveandbliss.ca to ask about my one-on-one coaching. Or you can book a sales call using the link wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's in the show notes. The call is free. It's an opportunity for us to just learn more about each other and see if one-on-one coaching would be a good fit for both of us. Change is possible. Getting unstuck is possible. All right, my friends. I hope you have a beautiful week ahead. And as always, keep thriving. Keep thriving.